I met the hazel eyes of the shadow singer, the cool face that hid such pain and kindness. He had come. Cassian had come. The Illyrians fell into place beside me. Eris, a hand pressed to his gut, was breathing wetly, glaring at us. Glaring, then considering. Watching the three of us as I said to Eris, to his other two brothers, to the sentries on the shore, You all deserve to die for this, and for much, much more. But I am going to spare your miserable lives. Even with a wound through his gut, Eris's lip curled. Cassian snarled his warning. I only removed the glamour I'd kept on myself these weeks. With the sleeve of my jacket and shirt gone, there was nothing but smooth skin where that wound had been. Smooth skin that now became adorned with swirls and whirls of ink. The markings of my new title and my mating bond. Lucian's face drained of color as he strode for us, stopping a healthy distance from Azrael's side. I am High Lady of the Night Court, I said quietly to them all. Even Eris stopped sneering. His amber eyes widened, something like fear now creeping into them. There's no such thing as a High Lady, one of Lucian's brothers spat. A faint smile played on my mouth. There is now... Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and, let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical, fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or... Hello, Farrah darling. Then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. It's a bird! It's a plane! No! It's Illyrian warriors coming to save the day! And we're so excited. (laughs) One of my favorite things about starting these podcasts i never know what hannah's going to say and it's so good every time (laughs) i never know what i'm gonna say until we hit record honestly so it's even more impressive it just comes just comes to me i'm wearing my cassian shirt today in honor of the lord of bloodshed uh and the blood that he sheds on behalf of our high lady pharaoh in this episode i'm so excited (sighs) oh man well welcome back guys to another episode of the house of wind book club we're glad you're here we are super glad you're here (laughs) Yes. Quick light housekeeping. We wanted to remind you guys to check out Patreon. Um, we have uh, the fan cast episode out for May. And then for June, we're planning to do a Fuck, Mary Kill episode. And this is going to span Akatar, um Vampire Diaries, Twilight, Twilight. Yeah, Vampire. <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry Potter, 
Yes, we're gonna do. We're gonna come up with some wild ones. So actually, you guys can message us some of your suggestions as well. We need to put that on our Instagram story to have people suggest some trios of F Mary Kill because <laughs> it's gonna be funny. I think it's gonna it's be a gonna good be one. Good. Yep. Yes, and maybe because some would you rather? Two, three, four. Because so when this episode releases, that's it'll be really close to when we'll be releasing that um, June Patreon episode. So that'll be perfect. Yes, it will be. I'm so excited. Our Patreon's been so much fun. So I hope you guys go check check out what we've been doing over there. Heck yeah. <laughs> also, don't forget to check out um, Audible, where you can get a free month and a free title at www.audibletrial.com slash houseofwindpod. Right now, I am listening to Crescent City, <laughs> which is so great, absolutely phenomenal and audible. We are really excited to be able to talk about, once we finish the second one, to be able to finally contribute to the entirety of the SJM world and all of her intricately woven things that happen. Yes, we might have to do, like, a when we finish the second book, just do, like, a general like first reactions like a patreon episode where we just talk about like our thoughts about crescent city and if we liked it and everything yeah because it's gonna be because we won't we're not doing that one next we're probably gonna do blood and ash next so um for our next series that we're podcasting but we do want to like talk about it and let you guys know what our thoughts were because i finished the first book and i'm obsessed i'm obsessed i'm obsessed i'm obsessed it's so good it's so good yeah, I'm like I was telling Amber earlier, I'm jealous that she's still reading it for the first time. <laughs> and I'm so excited for her. Oh, man. But the audible version of that book is really good. I think it's Elizabeth Evans, who also did Throne of Glass, which she did a really great job narrating Throne of Glass as well. So check yeah. that out on Audible. All right. So let's talk about last episode. Mm-hmm. Last episode was a doozy. And so much happened. I know we say that just about every time, but really a lot of shit went down. <laughs> we actually mean it this time. We actually mean it this time. We didn't mean it before, but we mean it now. Um, so Farrah stood up to her, uh, stood up for herself to both, uh, for, sorry, she stood up for herself and Lucian to Tamlin and which resulted in exactly what she thought. Tamlin does not receive feedback well, and instead of kindly saying, oh, whatever have I done and how can I make it better, like a healthy partner would, right. he exploded. And when I say exploded, like actually exploded a huge burst of his power, and Farah did not shield herself. And she got hurt in the process. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but enough that she was bleeding, she was injured. And yes. centuries, Lucian, people are pissed. Step one of getting the spring court to turn against Tamlin. Check. (laughs) Next, the Naga broke into the estate with the missing keys. And we all knew that Ianthi plotted this entire situation. But the sentry, whom lost the keys, quote-unquote lost the keys, ended up having to take the blame, and Tamlin publicly whipped him. Step two of getting the spring court to turn against Tamlin. Check. (laughs) in between all this disastrous like one event after the other happening reese was checking in with farah through the bond and sent her some sexy imagery which we ate right up give us more of that yes 
after those shenanigans, the entire squad took uh, took a little trip to the next hole in the wall. And Farrah was, like, feeling really groggy and not quite herself, but she was like, eh, whatever. Didn't really think anything about it. She had a bag packed and was ready to peace out. Everyone was going to go to sleep. She was going to leave. Everything was going to be great. She was going to be back with her mate. But as she's leaving, she finds Lucian at Ianthe's mercy. And he's actually tied up to a tree. And she is straight up sexually... Ianthe is straight up sexually harassing him. Mm-hmm. Which prompts Farah to do one of our favorite things. Um, yes. She enters Ianthe's mind and gives her exactly what she deserves, which is a shattered hand and a life full of fear. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that was like her dominant hand too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. Um, however, this is all fine and well. And she, after this happened with Ianthe, she was like, okay, now I'm going to leave. But thing one and thing two entered the clearing. And they were fully aware of her plans to leave. And next thing we know, Farah is kicking ass and taking names. And ultimately her and Lucian kill thing one and thing two. Which is super badass. Very badass. Thanks, Cass, for your training. Yes. <laughs> My man. <laughs> yeah. So Lucian and Farah they leave together under the pretense of getting back to their mates. But they were both poisoned by thing one and thing two. Uh, and Ianthe, because we realized Ianthe was the one actually feeding them the poison, which is just peachy. We're so and, shocked. By that. Yeah, so they they can't winnow. They can't. They have to travel like humans, and they realized they needed to get the hell out of there. Um, and so they had to make a choice, and they chose the door to the Autumn Court, and decided that they needed to find somewhere to lay low until their powers came back. You know what this reminds me of? And be kind to us, guys, because my brain thinks in real so- reels sounds because we make so many reels. Yeah. But it reminds me of the real audio on Instagram that's like, we're all going to be safe and we're all going to have a good time. What in the Jesus Christ was that? <laughs> like, what the? You like go into it and you're like, this is going to be fine. It's all going to work out. And it's like, what the fuck just what happened? The- <laughs> please no what in the jesus christ was all this shit oh my god that was like the longest summary we've had because seriously yes. like and and that's like the bare bones cliff notes version of everything right. that happened 100 percent. oh my god Whew. all right we're gonna get into it now chapter 11 fair and lucian step out of the cave and into the autumn court and we have to remember throughout this entire episode that their magic is still depleted by the poison. And Farron knows that Reese is probably trying to figure out, like, did Farrah, like, plan for her our bond to go silent completely? Like, is this a part of her plan? Like, should I be worried? And, like, she knows he's probably trying to figure out, like, what he should do in, in this situation and play his cards right. Uh, Lucian leads them to a cave with bedrolls where he actually used to stay when he was hunting years ago. And, like, how long has Lucian been gone from the Autumn Court? Like, he's been Tamlin's emissary for at least 50 years. 
Yeah, I guess I, I really have no idea how long he's actually been there. So, like, these bedrolls are at least 50 years old, people. And I'm just saying... Yuck. The cobwebs. Why are people in fantasy novels never worried about spiders and bugs and ticks? Like, why is that not a thing? I don't I don't understand, because that's where my brain goes immediately. Ugh. All the creepy crawlies. I can't handle it. Yucky, yucky. <laughs> Yuck. So... Lucian's clearly in shock at how expertly Farah planned this whole thing. And he tells her that he knew she was lying the whole time. He's like, I knew it. Damn it. I knew it. I was right. (laughs) I wasn't crazy. That is not the best feeling. He's like validating himself. Like, okay, Lucian, like you are not losing your goddamn mind. Like we love Farah. But she was being undercover that entire time. Uh-huh. Pat yourself on the back, Lucian. Nice so job. she calls him out. It. Like, <laughs> yes, she calls him out. She's like, okay, well, if you knew the entire time, why didn't you tell your bestie Tamlin? And he's like, I didn't want to hurt Tamlin because basically it's like kicking someone when they're already down, right? Like he just got her back. He's already clearly in denial and can't see past his own delusions that Farah does not love him. Uh <laughs> And he also didn't want Farah to, like, keep him from Elaine. And Farah is, like, showing who she really is through this entire exchange. And I love this. Like, she's not putting on her little docile puppet facade she's been, like, donning. And she's just, like, letting Lucian see who she, like, really is. And I love it. (laughs) So, Farah is pissed that Lucian is just like holding out for Elaine and like what he thinks he's owed which is like that like that may that male uh like alpha bullshit alpha hole yes okay I didn't want to say it because I didn't know if you were there yet yes alpha hole alpha hole bullshit uh, which is what Bryce says love her um we're gonna have so many new references now oh my god I love this it's all coming together um (laughs) So <laughs> she gives Lucian a reality check and she's like, dude, if I like told you this entire time that Elaine is safe, do you really think that if I thought Elaine was in any kind of trouble that anyone would stand in between me and her? No. Like you have been her mate for two seconds. She's my sister and she's my favorite sister. Okay. The only sister <laughs> that's nice to me. <laughs> so you best believe she's the Protect one her I'm at all costs. Yeah, Vesta. Vesta can fend for herself. She's fine. She is. I love how Farah, and Farah knows that. I love that. That's just like she doesn't even have to include Nessa. Like she does say, like if you if you thought that my sisters were in danger, like do you think that I would have? But we all know she means Elaine because Nesta (laughs) would murder everyone in the vicinity. Um, (laughs) so Lucian's not having it, and he boldly asks Farah, so in all of the havoc that you wreaked on the spring court this is unexpected that i'm here with you so what was your master plan for me and she's just like you would have been fine (laughs) like i really do wonder if she would have just like left him a note that was like you should leave (laughs) go find a better court right right. (laughs) you deserve better and then peace out (laughs) 
Bye. See ya. Love, Farah. Love, Farah. Kissy. Oh my god. A little lipstick smooch. XOXO. Farah <laughs> Best wishes. <laughs> oh my god. So, I love, like, in this exchange when... He's like, were you going to disembowel Tamlin and you just didn't have time? And she's like, I thought about it. I <laughs> I love that so much. She's so ruthless. How she's just like, but we needed allies. So probably wasn't a good idea. Like, I love that she's, she's like starting to have the political mindset of like a high lady where it's not taking over everything for her, but she's acting very wisely throughout these chapters. I'm mm-hmm. very proud of her. Absolutely. Before they fall asleep, he tells Vera that his father will kill her for taking his power. He gave it to her. He gave it to her. This part pissed me off. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you willingly gave that to her. You don't get to be mad that she has it because you gave it to her. Also, who cares? Who who gives a shit anyways? Like, yeah, that that made me really mad. So... Farrah's response is absolute gold. Quote, he can get in line. She doesn't even give a fuck. She's like, what's one more person? Fuck you oh all. I feel like this was a very Aelin response. Like, a very yes. swaggering, like, I don't give a fuck. I need to go to bed. Like, do you yeah. know who I am? <laughs> like, shut up, Lucian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, the next morning, they get up. And they head north through Baron's territory, which, as we know, is dangerous because Lucian's family all want him dead because he uh, could rival for being, you know, High Lord one day. And that's just what siblings do in Prithian, I guess. Um, And also, Baron just hates everyone anyways. Like, he would definitely want to murder Farah. So they're walking through the Autumn Court, and honestly... Aside from the fact that the High Lord is a huge dick, like, the Autumn Court sounds like every basic white girl's dream come true. Like, could you imagine strolling through, like, the, when she's like, it looks like a jeweled box, like, all of the, like, pretty leaves, and you have, like, a cozy sweater on, and you're drinking your pumpkin spice latte, and you've got a hunka hunka redhead dude walking next to you, like, (laughs) it just sounds awesome. (laughs) Apple orchards. I love oh, it. Lord. Good stuff. <laughs> oh my god. So we get to see Lucian out of the spring court and I'm digging it. He like he's like one with the forest. He's like fishing with his bare hands. His like hair is up. And this is where I'm like this like is a reminder. Yeah. This is a reminder of like I was sleeping on Lucian this whole time. Like I forgot. He's also a hottie. They were just surrounded by all these, like, super attractive men all the time. Yeah. How do you get anything done? I don't know, honestly. How do you, like, (laughs) string two thoughts together? I mean, come on. Oh, my God. Um, So, during their long trek north, Farah is, like, learning about the Autumn Court from Lucian. And he's telling her about how, like, the Autumn Court Manor, which is called the Forest House, spans... It's, like, small on top. It's kind of, like, nestled in the mountains and the trees. But, like, underneath it, it spans a huge area. And it literally will take you, like, an entire morning, like, half a day to get from one end of it to the other. <laughs> I hope that's, that's some kind unreal. of, like, 
It's insane. I hope they have some kind of like magical cart system that like this is like little golf carts that take you from like one end right. to the other. That right. like that's just they must all get their steps in every day. Every single day. <laughs> Also, this sounds like my dream home because uh, not the massive under part of it, but the moss-covered shingles, the forest. It's like a little fairy house, and I'm it just sounds amazing. Seems very so, cozy. It does seem really cozy. I bet it has a nice library inside. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> um, our friends finally, because this entire time they haven't eaten, their food has been poisoned. Our friends finally find an apple tree and they get some proper nourishment. And LOL that they ate apples after Pharaoh was literally poisoned by an apple. They're so hungry. They're like, I don't care. Poison me again. Do it. Just give me some food. Desperate times call for desperate That's, Han- that's Hannah and I after we've already had six cookies. I don't care. Give me another one. Give me more cookies. Cookies. <laughs> Like when we when we make when we are together and we make reels, we basically like we have like alcohol and then we get to a certain point. Like we're not like drunk or anything, but like we've been drinking and then like we've been standing for hours like making reels and then we're like, Oh, hmm, it's been like seven hours since the last time we had a meal. We should probably sit and eat. Okay. So yeah, that reminds me. It just makes me think of that. Like, when we, like, eat literally anything and everything that's in the fridge. Yeah. We love, we love food. Surrey's yeah. hungry. Surrey <laughs> needs her chickens. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> we're sitting under the apple tree. And Lucian tells her that they have to steer clear of the farmlands. Because Baron pays shit for crops in the Autumn Court unsurprisingly and the farmers are so desperate for money that they'll turn them in to get their hands on some cash and pharaoh's like even you like why would they sell you out and lucian reveals that because he was the youngest he studied the land and learned from the people because everyone was so preoccupied with his brothers like no one gave a shit about him he wasn't particularly strong or like cunning or anything like that so he just kind of spent his time getting smart and training. And this is why his brothers wanted to kill him because he's kind of like a natural born leader. Like, and we've, we've seen that from Lucian, like when it comes to battle things, when it comes to being a politician, like he's, he's got that on lock. Um, but Lucian doesn't want the crown. Uh, he doesn't want to lead crafty two faced people. Don't blame him. But also, this is where we learn where his like inspiration for his mask came from because Pharaoh's like, ah, foxes, like crafty, sly creatures. That's like a fox. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. <laughs> Lucian's <laughs> foxy. <laughs> foxy. <laughs> foxy little Lucy. <laughs> so the commoners of the Autumn Court also don't like Lucian. I think they liked him before. I think he like hung out with them a lot, but they stopped liking him once he was unable to protect his lover, Jasminda. And we all know what happened there. Um, and she was a lesser face. She was a commoner. Um, and he, he blames himself in true SJM male fashion. He completely blames himself for the entire thing. 
Um, and he like doesn't see anything wrong with how they feel about him. He's like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. That is 100% an SG- SJM male thing. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it across the board. Lucian, Reese, yeah. Rowan, Hunt. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't read all of Crescent City, but you already like feel the guilt like yes. right from the get-go, like from Hunt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rowan is like crippled with it. So is Reese, essentially. I mean, they're yes. all, they're all, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, I like it, though. It makes for very, like, in-depth characters that you feel it just, like, tugs at your heartstrings. And it's so good. And I like that she writes vulnerable men. Because I think that makes a great partner. Someone who isn't so macho that they can be like, I feel like shit about this. And this is how I really feel about myself. Like, and you can actually talk about it. That's incredible. Love it. Agreed. Um, so that's depressing and sad, but we move on. They continue their journey to the border of the winter court into the snowy mountains. And they're like, like visibly, like both of them are like, like we, we made it. We're out of the autumn court. We're in the clear. And as they're hiking through the mountains, Lucian's like, damn girl, you've been working on your cardio or something because you're like not even breathing heavy. And as we all know, no matter how good a shape you're in, hiking is hard. (laughs) Like, especially in the snow without like snowshoes or like cross country skis. Um, So he's like admiring her new skills essentially from her like hard work and, and training. I love that. Yeah. Very cool. So good. Um, And he also thanks her for having his back with Ianthe, which is a step in the right direction. They're kind of starting to mend things a little bit because things have been pretty tense between them this entire trip. Um, As they sleep in a cave that night, Ferris sees herself through Lucian's eyes in her dreams. How trippy is this? (laughs) It's like really weird. And she remarks on how human she looks when she sleeps. And I don't know why, but I really like the idea of this. Like, she's vulnerable and like it's like when she's at her weakest and to her like that screams human now because she's fey yeah i agree i think i think that's just kind of a special moment Mm -hmm. weird to be able to see yourself sleep though i don't know trippy (laughs) i'd like to imagine i'm like cute and i'm just like but I know I'm like, like laying on my back, <laughs> mouth, mouth breather, <laughs> yeah, drool down your mouth. I like talk in my sleep. Yeah, no, I'm not a cute sleeper. Um, so really, not. yeah, maybe maybe Fair is a good sleeper, and love that journey for her if she is. Good yes, for good for her. Uh, so a, a sea of stars rocks her to sleep in her dream, but Farah wakes up abruptly to Lucian's brothers invading their cave <laughs> which is a real bummer <laughs> it's a super bummer <laughs> what a bummer again we're ever since we went into Hybern's keep and shit hit the fan everything that she does everything that's happening it's like everything that could go wrong is going wrong like they they went to the they went to try to nullify the cauldron shit hit the fan it all went wrong Shit, then she was in the spring court. She tried to leave the spring court. She had a great plan. It all went wrong. And now they're trying to, like, actually follow through with that plan, round two. 
And round two is going wrong, too. <laughs> it's not going well. Everything's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. <laughs> so, chapter 12. We very quickly find out how shitty Lucian's brothers are. And her, his brothers are are horrible beings, quite frankly. They're immediately taunting and threatening them. And Eris, or at this point, one of the brothers is holding a knife to her throat. And... Lucian, ever the politician, addresses his brother. Uh, Eris is the one who has the knife to her throat. Um, cool, calm, and collected. And as, as they're talking and he addresses Eris, Farrah is like, oh shit, Eris, this, is, this was Moore's betrothed. This was the same Eris that did the horrible or facilitated the horrible series of events with more. And just as the brothers begin to kind of pull them up and get them out to take them to the high Lord of the autumn court, Farah felt her power stir slightly beneath her skin. <laughs> Talk about good timing. How convenient. Great timing. Right. Um, and it's it's not it's not a lot of power, so she has to make a count. And she just all she does, she looks at Lucian and she has like sweat beating on her forehead and he gets it. Again, Lucian and Farah are two of the most observant characters in the series. Um, and so them working together, I imagine if they were to like straight up go into battle together or to have to fight any sort of enemy, including his brothers. Like, they're going to be a phenomenal team. Yes, they, their communication, their nonverbal communication is off the charts. Like, yes. truly, I really do love their friendship. Even though we're tumultuous right now, I, I agree with you. They are both so observant and they are very similar, which I think is why they butt heads so much so often. True. <laughs> that's that's my same rationale for Reese and Nesta. Agreed. Yeah, you did post that the other day, and I agree with mm-hmm. you on that. Yes. They're they're just they're so similar. Mm-hmm. Um. So, Eris has Farah. The two other brothers have Lucian, and as Eris goes to shove her out of the cave, she utilizes her training with Cass and pushes him off balance and lands an elbow right to his nose. And immediately after that, she blasts the other two, all three of them, with a wall of flame. And Lucian is immediately at her side. And the two of them are both using their power. Again, just working perfectly in tandem, in unison. And they use their power to take down the cave ceiling on top of the three brothers. And then they run, they run like hell into the freezing night. Oh my god. And remember, when they stopped in this cave, they were like beholding the winter court and this huge mountain they had to go up in this winter tundra and now not only are they running into that in the middle of the night but he lucian doesn't have his cloak they don't have any gear no food nothing and so they hike and they hike and they hike and there is a bone deep cold settling in and it's and when i say bone deep it this is like death is lurking in the corner cold It's, it's not just are shutting down. Yes, it is not. Um, it is not your typical like. Think of how, like the coldest you've ever been, 
And, but then imagine like being stuck in that and hiking in that for hours and hours and hours on end. And she realized that even as Faye, she's like, our Faye bodies can't even tolerate this if we don't stop and warm up. Especially because their clothes are wet. Like their clothes are wet. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad bad all around. And they finally find a cave and there's, which, which is a good thing. They're like, oh, wow, good luck. But then their their luck absolutely runs out. There's no wood. There's no way to stay warm. And there's nothing keeping them company. Uh, but like I said earlier, death just kind of lurking in the corner and waiting, waiting to take them. <laughs> it's like the reaper in the corner, like, Wah-ha-ha. Like poking his head around the cave mouth. Like, is you it ready yet? yet? Don't forget I'm here. <laughs> Ugh, and the only other, the only thoughts to keep them company are of their mates. And this is the first time that Lucian had asked about Elaine. And although Farah describing her is very sweet, she she tells him all of the sweet, bubbly, fun things about Elaine. How she, how she gardens, and even when, like, even when they like came into all of their money, she still was like down in the dirt with the servants and the servants were like oh you can't do that but she was just happy as a clam with her little sun hat and her in her garden weeding that's just her happy place um but Farah also dropped the bomb that she's engaged yeah and eventually the conversation turns as Lucian reminds her of what Reese did to her under the mountain and Honestly, both directions, it's a mess. And yes. ultimately, they f- they freeze their buns off, but they make it through the night. <laughs> they begin yet another freezing cold trek. And there's there's no end in sight. They're just getting into the winter fort. <laughs> this sounds so miserable, Amber. Like, I'm cold just thinking about this. This takes me back to the beginning of Akatar, where she's, like, in the woods, and she's like... I'm so cold. I've I haven't been warm in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like being from Minnesota, I can just I I have such a vivid picture of what this actually feels like. Like it's just oh, yeah. there have been so many times in my life where I have been so goddamn cold that it it just it hurts to your bones. It hurts your lungs. It hurts every inch of your body but it's always your toes for for me it was always my toes and my ears Mm. and it doesn't matter like to this day i think i think my toes at some point have gotten frostbit like multiple times because once (laughs) once you get frostbit once you're like more susceptible to cold but every time it doesn't matter if i'm wearing like thermal socks and hiking boots if it's like cold outside my feet i'm i'm just cold no, you've like lost all circulatory <laughs> regulation in your feet. Yeah, anyone Minnesota from uh, you. yes, it it really has, and I feel like anyone from a state that experiences like cold, cold, you know, you get it. Like whether it was standing at the bus stop for twenty minutes, or you were sledding and you didn't want to go back inside, or like. Even I, I remember like one year I was standing outside of like a haunted house and it was so cold on Halloween, but it was like, I wanted to wear my cute boots and my, my toes 
like I thought I was going to lose my toes. When I was running through the haunted house, I could not feel my feet. Oh my <laughs> God. That's not good. Whatever, whatever the experience is for you cold weather folks, I just, I know, you know, like you get it. <laughs> yes. And y'all can keep that shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Lucian and Farrah, they begin yet another freezing cold trek, and they're getting closer and closer and, like, further through the winterlands with every step. And they find themselves hiking over a lake, and she looks down, and she's like, Eeh. and it's just clear ice underneath her and bottomless lake below. And so they start kind of talking about the shelter that they're going to make to get away from the wind, ultimately. And they're going to melt some of the ice um, to, to kind of make a shelter out of the snow um or the melted ice um because who knows how far the current lake they're on will go and as they look back towards where they had slept the night before in the cave they see the three brothers and eris is smiling and bending to place his hand laced in flame on the ice of the lake the same ice that kept them dry and above water (laughs) As Amber likes to say, meep. Meep. (laughs) This is a meep situation if there ever was one. Meep in all caps. Big meep. Meep. (laughs) Oh my god. Yes. All right. Chapter 13. Lucky number 13. Are you guys ready? If you're not buckled in, buckle in. If you're not sitting down, Get your ass cheeks in a chair because this chapter is intense. And I. It's so good. It. It's so good. I was literally like screaming while I was recapping <laughs> this. I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Settle in. Lucian just tells Farah to run. That's how we open this chapter. <laughs> and they start <laughs> sprinting away from the ice that Eris is currently melting with his fire. And all I have to say is this is an ankle sprain waiting to happen. Sprinting on ice sounds like my worst nightmare. Absolutely. 110%. Oh like, wh- what? No. Uh, like, you would be, like, realistically, if you don't have, like, crampons on your boots, like, you you would be slipping and sliding everywhere. You'd be like a cartoon character that's, like, running in place. Like, but not actually going yes. anywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> as they run... Lucian tells her to bob and weave and kind of like like shoves her bob and away. Weave. Bob, and weave. bob and weave. And an arrow flies right where Pharaoh was and she's like, oh, fuck. So arrows are now flying at them. Ice is melting. This is, we're all going to die. This is terrible. So Pharaoh realizes being in the winter court helps to boost her powers, her winter freezing powers. And so she starts... <laughs> powers. <laughs> Powers. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> so she she uses her powers. Powers. Her powers. Like a uh, Owen Wilson. Yes. Wow. She has wow. some powers. <laughs> oh shit oh my god my face is cramping from like laughing 
So oh, in man. a total Frozone move, and all uh, millennial children will understand this. Where is my super suit? <laughs> Where is my super suit? My super suit. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! That whole exchange is is incredible. I love Frozone and his sassy wife. So she's like shooting ice in front of them so that the melted ice uh, is like solid again and they don't fall. But also again, she's just putting ice in front of them as a solid object to run. Like I wish she had powers where she could put like bricks or something. Like, right. like why does it have to be ice? So while they're running and all hell is breaking loose, Farah begins to plot. And she's thinking like, if we could just make it to the shore surely I can like unfreeze this ice because I'm a badass and I have cool powers. And, and then like Lucian's brothers will just fall in and then I can like freeze it over again, which again, not the smartest idea because you literally have like flickerings of power right now. And if your power is coming back, like we could use it other ways maybe than just doing that. Um, yeah. But anyways, she's, she's in, in, distress right now so we won't judge her too harshly for that um as like literally as she's thinking this eris appears before them along with another brother who we like don't learn the other brother's names at this point um who fires an arrow at Feyre, and she has one arrow that pierces her ear and then another one that goes straight through her forearm and Feyre like falls yeah so pain like clean all the way through we know how many nerves and how much blood supply and everything that runs through that tiny area like oh geez yeah and at this point all you're all you're thinking is like god i hope the bond's back online (laughs) right like (laughs) hello reese reese come in fuck (laughs) Fuck, let me repeat fuck (laughs) oh shit oh shit oh shit Please, SOS. <laughs> now is not the time to be silent. Oh my god! So Farah like falls to the ground, and she immediately starts triaging herself. Like she like snaps into the arrow, rips it out. She rips her shirt, ties her arm. I mean, she's just like a military badass now, and I love this so much. And she just stands up with her knives, and she's like, "I guess we're doing this." And Eris melts the ice around her. And he's pretty much like, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Either way, you're coming back to the autumn court with me. And Farah just like begins to run. And Eris winnows to her and just beats the shit out of her. And then he like binds and gags her with like these like fire bonds and starts dragging her by the hair across the ice. Ah. So as they near the sentries that appeared, like she's like, Oh my God. Like it's the same as when we were interacting with Tamlin. Like if he touches me, we are going to winnow away. Like I, like I can't, I can't go away because then no one's going to know where I'm at. As they near these sentries, a shadow slammed into the ice, but it wasn't a shadow. It's an Illyrian warrior! Ah! Yes! <laughs> Round of applause. Oh. 
Oh my god, all bad I have to say boys. is, is that some bad, bad boys, boys bad music boys. right here? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they fly at you, bad boys? Yes, oh my god. Hell yeah. This is like, ugh, I feel so good now. Everything's fine now. We're all good. We're all together. <laughs> so, she, yes. Cassian looks at Eris with centuries worth of rage. Because remember, we fucking hate Eris at this point. And his red siphons are gleaming. And Farah is like, he's okay. You guys, he's okay. He's healed. His wings are fully functioning. Like, he's Cassian again. War general, like, doing his thing. I could not be more happy for my precious baby boy. And at the, just at the sight of Cassian, I love this part. She just lets out a sob. And then Asriel arrives. Also healed. He's also okay. His shadows oh. are dancing on the ice. And Farah just starts to cry at the sight of her friends. And the gravity of this moment is absolutely beautiful. I love like, it so much. I just love, again, there's something about their connection without Reese there. I don't know why there's so much more grab. There's just way more like emotion and depth to it when he's not around for just when she's interacting with them. And I love it. I also, it's just so special. It's so special. And they have so many moments like this that, and not so many, but enough that it's, you know, their friendship is true. Like, like you said, if Reese was out of the question, they would still have that loyalty to her and her to them. It's just, it's so special. It's so heartwarming. And also it just makes me think about like, she's been separated from them for like months. Like I, it just brings me back to like Reese, Reese's homecoming, like with his friends. And I wish that we got to see that, like actually like from his perspective, because I bet that was equally, if not, well, a million times more like, profound and it just made me think about that like right you know so many tears were shed oh my goodness i love it so cassian draws his illyrian blades and tells eris quote i suggest you drop my lady oh my god and i'm like i'm dropping my lady at this point (laughs) that's what we're dropping Oh my god. I love it. I love even the possessiveness of the friendship in in Sarah J. Moss's universe. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's so perfect. It's spot on. It couldn't be better. Eris just digs in and refuses to release Feyre. And Idiot. Cassian Yeah, he's he really literally is. just signed signed his death certificate. Right. He's lucky that Feyre was there because he would be dead if Cass had his way. So Cassian just reminds her with a look to remember her training. And she instantly whirls herself around, slams her tied together legs into his. And then as he's falling forward, slams her fists up into his nose. And then she just kind of starts like 
log rolling away. And she uses her ice powers to diffuse, like, the fire cuffs and, like, the gag. And I know that this is definitely not the right time to bring this up. But I just have to say, let's just use our imaginations here. I need to see the fire cuffs and even possibly the fire gag in action in the bedroom. With I don't care who the characters are. Maybe it's Lucian and whoever his his love interest will be or Farah and Reese. But like, I I need this to pan out. Or Eris or, and Asriel. Thank you. That You took the words out of my mouth. Why not firepower and shadows? Fire and shadows together. Oh my god. Sarah J. Moss, if you listen to us, which we know you don't, but like, someone please run this up the ladder and let her know that this has to be in her next book. Oh my god. Flame on well. And the book could be Flame and... Wait, isn't the next Crescent City book called like Flame and Shadows or something like that? I don't know. I don't know off Mm. the top of my head. Mm. All right. Well, we need flames. We need shadows. We need it. We need it now. We need it now. <laughs> back to our shitty reality. We're we're veering out of our fantasy realm. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back to what's happening. Cassie and Azriel and Lucian begin dueling the Autumn Court jerks, and of course, our team is clearly and obviously winning here. But Farah has a minute to kind of remove herself from the situation, and in her. Just like a total smart, high lady, badass move just tells them to stop. And the immediate obedience from Azriel paired with the like flicking the blood off the blade and just like walking over to her and her, her, him and Cassian just like immediately just like going right to her side. I don't know why, but that is so fucking attractive. That Oh, it's hot as hell. I was, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I love this. I Absolutely. Is wildly attractive yeah. because it's not every male we experience in this in these fantasy realms. If she were to say that, mm-hmm. e- I mean, even even Reese would look at her and at least look at her and wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't be immediate in this situation, but like even though Cass and As have personal vendettas against Eris, they still dropped on a dime and they're like, "Yep, okay." This is my high lady. Okay. Yes. Our high lady <laughs> said stop. We stop. Oh my God. Mm, I could eat that shit up with a spoon. <sighs> so she's like, listen, we have to leave. We have to leave on somewhat okay terms because we, we will need Baron as an ally and we don't need to kill his sons and have him team up with Highburn essentially just to spite us, which is really smart on her part. Because at, at this game, it's it is a game. At this point, it is a game of allies for the upcoming war. So Farah tells Lucian's brothers that they deserve to die, but she'll spare them. And then she lifts her glamour so that they can see her new tattoo and her healed skin from her power. So she, I guess, she's been making it look like she's still injured, but she's actually like has like healed herself with her powers. Because I don't think she wanted them to know like how powerful she was. So, so crazy. I love that. Such a badass. Uh, I love just the like the plot within the plot within the plot with this book. Uh, Lucian's also like, damn, 
what? <laughs> He's so shocked. And Thera tells them, quote, I am the High Lady of the Night Court. Eris, clearly terrified, says, quote, There's no such thing as a High Lady. And she just says, There is now. Oh, this is going to be, this has to be the intro to this episode. Like, this whole exchange, goosebumps, entire body. Goosebumps, Goosebumps. immediately. Mic drop. Yes. Oh my God. There is now. Can you just imagine the look on his face and how satisfying she probably, like, all of them feel, like, Mm -hmm. just the level of satisfaction with that exchange. Mm. Because it's so funny, like, to go from, like, they, at this point, I don't really think any of them know her real relationship to Reese. And for for it to be revealed that she's his mate and the high lady of the night court, they're like, oh, fuck. Like, we can't, like, like, Reese will miss us if we touch her. (laughs) Like, we have no hope of living ever. And if we do live, it will be in fear and we'll be running for our lives for all eternity. Good. Just like Ianthe. Fuckers deserve it. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> and again, this heartwarming... I just love... I love her friendship with the bad boys. Cassian just looks at Pharaoh with absolute like pride and awe in his eyes and she just tells him to take her home. And he just opens up his arms, picks her up, and they shoot off into the sky. And while they're up in the sky, we finally get to learn Lucian's last name, <laughs> which is Vansera, uh, which I think is some of the, one of the only last names we know at this point. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Farah <laughs> and Cassian share this like really beautiful moment where he's like, hey, Farah. And she just hugs him in response and he's like yeah i missed you too and this just is like one of those moments where you're like true friendship like you just don't need words like you just know just a touch or a look i i love this so much like this this chapter was just like so emotional (laughs) like I, i didn't remember all of these like tiny things like I remember them coming to rescue her but I'm like oh my god like this is her family like they came to get her and they oh god I just love it so much it's oh, my heart it just feels tight and happy and like squishy all at the same time yes then I'm I'm also <sighs> laughing in my head thinking picturing uh Asriel carrying Lucian and how Lucian's probably just like like, like <laughs> stiff and uncomfortable, like in Asriel's arms. I never thought of that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and Asriel's uh, shadows are probably whispering to Lucian, like, "Watch your back, bitch." Like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like the most uncomfortable flight of Lucian's life. Also, this is probably the first time he's ever been up in the air. Like, yeah, how alarming! <laughs> it's just like I just wanted to also bring us back to that moment too. <laughs> <laughs> so they fly to a safe location and we're reunited with more Woo-hoo-hoo! oh yay <sighs> and they hug and they also have a moment and we learn reese isn't there and more just is like it's a long story but he's coming home as fast as he can 
and more clearly feels guilty that she didn't go to help because of Eris. And then also she has some strained relation with the winter court as well. And Farrah just consoles her again, true, beautiful friendship. And she's just like, I understand you have nothing to be sorry for. Um, and I also love that just letting her like protect her heart and like doing what's best for her. Um, that's great. <laughs> Cause I feel like in the Prithian culture, it is very much like you let your own personal shit get in the way of protecting like this important person. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like she, I'm glad she knew that Pharaoh would like get it essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Lucian is clearly the odd man out here and more especially is wary of him given her history with Eris and all of the Adam court bullshit that went down. And so she's, everything she says is kind of veiled and she basically just tells Farah that they're going to the townhouse because someone is there waiting for her. Hmm. Wonder who it could be. When we read this, I just kept going and I had to read the next chapter and I'm going to read it again before we uh, prep for our next podcast. But this next chapter is one of my favorites in the entire book. So good. It's so sweet. It's so like gives you goosebumps and makes you want to cry and but like a good cry. A great for the first cry. time in a long time. <laughs> right. We've been stressed out during this book the whole time. We finally get some like love and kindness and warmth and yes. And Lucian finally gets to see Farah like why she actually wants to be a part of the Night Court, which is cool too. Exactly. And I think it's like big idea with just this last sentence like you said there's someone waiting for you my big idea is just anticipation because literally this entire book has been leading up to getting back to the night court and it doesn't all happen at once and i think that's really really beautiful because she gets away from the spring court she gets this crazy interaction with the autumn court and then it's like bam Cass is there bam as is there and then they meet more and then it's like okay we know who she's gonna meet next and we're, we've just been anticipating this reunion we've heard like two snippets from reese this entire book and let me pull the book out. how many pages have we have we over a hundred 125 pages that's too many pages without um, reese and way too much tamlin um oh so the anticipation, it's just, again, it's almost like a slow burn. It's not even a slow burn because they don't have any <laughs> any interaction, but it's just because we had the taste of it in the last book that we know what we're missing right now. And it's the anticipation of it returning is so exciting. I'm just so excited. It's so good. There's a reason why they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Oh. <laughs> And our hearts are fond for you, Reese. We miss you. We I, miss I also you just, so much. I also just love the, like, thinking back to, like, the first book when Farah like, when she's in the woods hunting and she's, like, heading home and she's, like, not excited to go home. There's a lot of shit waiting for her there. Like, no one really cares about her. Uh, sure they probably love her but like it's not it's cold it's distant and 
I love that she just like she has something to return to. Like I just feel like there's there's so much beauty in that and like I think that's why I love the moment when when Cassian and Azriel come and and she's just like oh my god, like it it's my family. It's my brothers. Like they're here to like come help me. Like she thought this was it. Like she thought they had no idea where she was. And I just I don't know. I love the idea that like Reese is there waiting for her. She has a home, just two homes technically, but like, she just, you know, I just picture him like waiting by a fireplace, like just like ready for her to, to come in with, like a drink in his hand. And, you know, like, I just, mm. I don't know. I love their dynamic and I just love found family. So this, these next yes. chapters are so great. So yes. Excited. The inner circle is just so We've talked so much about why we love the inner circle, but we we just love, we want to be back in it. Yes. And we're going to be back in it soon because Hannah's last day of her contract is tomorrow and I have two weeks left and then we're going to be in Minnesota. Yes, 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 yes. My shitty contract is almost over. By the time you guys hear this, I'll probably have started my next one, which hopefully will be better. But it will be better. It it will be better. It there's no way it can be worse than this. No, but I just want to put a PSA out there for you guys. Like, always keep an eye out on your mental health and do what you need to do to take care of your headspace. Uh, it's just so important, and I'll just leave it at that. Like, just just be aware of it. Don't feel like because you can't see it is something you don't need to take care of. Like your physical body, um. Just take the time to invest in your mind and your heart and your soul. Um, it's important. I agree. And your your mind, your heart, your soul, even your body, it's always important to take a step back and realize that that is more, more important than literally anything else. It's more important than work. It's more important than your relationships. It's more important than your hobbies. It's more important than your responsibilities. I mean, obviously... We can say that because we don't have children. Um, but right. I, I imagine children is is probably the one thing that, like, obviously doesn't fall into that category. But, you know, ultimately, you you are more important and you are worth it. And you are worth, I mean, worth every second of the time and energy that it takes to actually address what's going on and take care of yourself. Yes. So that was not meant to be cryptic or anything. I just been struggling with mental health lately and I just in my own journey wanted to make sure that everyone else is also doing the same because it is important and we love you guys and just protect yourselves take care of yourselves and yeah do what you gotta do to keep yourself healthy absolutely okay well that wraps it up for this week on that on that lovely end note uh make sure that you guys read chapters 14 through 16 to be prepared for our next episode um as always thank you guys so much for choosing to be a part of our book club like i just said we love ya we appreciate your support and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on spotify or apple Podcasts, and follow us on instagram and tiktok at Pod. How you said that reminded me of the Grinch when he looks at Max after his heart grows three sizes. He goes, oh, Max, I love you. Yes. For those of you who don't know, that's Amber and I's like favorite Christmas uh, movie that we watched together. So good. Um, 
Also, email us your theories, burning questions, anything at all about the next couple chapters at houseofwindpodcast at gmail.com. All of our information can also be found in the show notes. We will talk to you all next week. Stay smutty.